Hi, Ash here with a new episode of the Awesome Girl Adventures podcast. Today we are chatting with Nina Gigala. She is a professional skier, a sports model, a digital addict with great so cool workout tips and tricks on her social media and her blog, and also just the sweetest, kindest, most positive person, honestly, that you will ever talk to. So she's going to share with us about her career in professional skiing, also her career as a ski guide, and also a really interesting career-changing accident that for some might have been career-ending, but for her was career-changing. So take a listen in, see what you think, and yeah, enjoy. Welcome, Nina. Thank you so much for being on our Awesome Girl Adventures podcast. Um, I'm super stoked with, to chat with you today. I love following you on Instagram and you've been great talking to with getting this set up. I know it took us a while with managing our schedules and <laughs> being in very different time zones. So you were great working with that. And I would just love to start off with, you know, just tell our listeners who you are, where you're from, where you grew up. Um, you know, this conversation we had before we started recording was awesome. You got a myriad of experience. So Go for it. Who who is Nina? <laughs> Thank you so much for the invite. I'm actually yeah. very honored to be invited with you or by oh, you. It's actually my first podcast I got invited to. So Oh, very cool. Yay. I really appreciate it. I thought, yeah, let's do it with Ash. So thank you. Of course, um, thank you. So I'm Nina and I'm from Austria originally, but I've been living in several countries the past years and so I also have been in, living in Canada, in New Zealand, and okay. I traveled to 40 countries. And the past years, I've been living in Stockholm, wow. in Sweden. Okay. So that's... So you've been all over, girl. Yeah, I love it. I really... I'm a traveler. <laughs> so that's I've awesome. been traveling quite a... Yeah, quite a lot the last years. Actually, I really appreciate it because um, it all started through skiing. I'm, I've been a professional okay. athlete. Awesome. And, so in alpine skiing so it's sort of where i grew up in the alps it's kind of difficult to be a skier to grow up with skiing just be out in the nature in the mountains ski all day long basically so right amazing life <laughs> it's like in la we go for a walk you guys just go for a ski <laughs> exactly sort of yeah and yeah and so i decided to become a professional athlete in skiing although i had a huge injury so Oh, I okay. have to stop my professional oh. career, although okay. I'm very happy that it happened like it is because okay. um, I would have never been the professional skier, I think. I, I like really? skiing. I'm a really nice skier. I look good on skis, but I, I never really had the, the fast pace, you know, like in me. Oh, so okay. Sort of like that, that time driven. Exactly. I'm more of, okay. I, lo- I love to feel the snow. I really enjoyed. I'm more like a passionate skier. Okay. So I had a bad injury, so I had to stop this. But that's made me sort of like understanding what life is about. And uh, that also gave me the opportunities to travel. So I started in Canada. Okay. Where in Canada? Kamloops. So it's in BZ. Okay. Very cool. And I just basically spent time on skis and skied and explored. I met amazing people there, so I really appreciated it. And then I kept on moving. I went to Japan. I went to New Zealand for skiing and traveling. Okay. Where did you ski in Japan? Mm, Niseiko, all about the Sapporo area. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I loved it. And then 
South Island of New Zealand and Argentina, Chile. Um, yeah, I've, I've been skiing quite a few places in the world. It sounds like Europe. it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and then I just thought about doing all those sort of course, like you can do all the certifications to become a fully certified ski guide in Austria. Okay. It takes normal ways about seven years to do that. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did it. Yeah, I did it in about five years. And then I... I no big deal. sort of owned my <laughs> ski school and I just Oh, got, very cool. Yeah. So I'm managing myself by, by so sort of a way. Okay. And I'm guiding people. I ski tour with them. I free ride with them. I do just on-piece skiing, technical clinics, um, every similar, like, sort of stuff, which is part of skiing. Yeah. Okay. I took them, and that's what I do with clients when they're visiting Austria. Very or cool. Switzerland or Italy, yes. Oh, very cool. So not just in Austria, you can branch out and do the guiding in those other countries. Exactly. So I've very cool. Switzerland or Engelberg. I did a ladies okay. Swedish trip there. Oh, um, very cool. I was supposed to go to Norway to do a ski and sail trip in beginning of May with oh, a ski friend and of mine. sail. Yes, she's a skipper. Okay. So she owns a boat, so she would have wow. been a skipper. I would have been a guide, and we would have had five girls. Uh huh. And basically five days or six days in total sailing, sleeping on a boat, and ski touring every day. Oh Simply my gosh, that's so life, cool. Right? Yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> right, what else is there to do? Well, uh, hopefully you guys are going to be able to get that um, back on after you know quarantine and all that is has passed us at this point. Um, that's so cool. So, all right, question. Like, <clears throat> So you're obviously a very skilled uh, skier. You know, you're on that professional track, et cetera. Do you take people um, on these guided tours that are, they, do they have to be pretty advanced? Or do you take all skills and levels and do you teach while you're guiding? Or is it, like, how does that work? Like, if I were to contact you and be like, Nina, I'm going to be in Austria. I ski, but not on the level of you. Take me somewhere. What would you do? Oh. Actually, I do both. Like, it, okay. it depends really um, what people want. And, like, if you would come and you would like to have a more a, a clinic or, like, a session where we practice your technique, in order to become a free rider in the future, to mm-hmm. be a ski off piste, okay. then I would do different different um, exercises with you than if someone is very, if you would be very um, educated and a good skier and you just want to go steep couloirs down and just do ski touring 1,000 meters vertical up and then a 5,000 meters skiing down and no, like, you know, I do basically every shit, so. <laughs> nice, I like it, I do it all. And you also, you know, guide ski trips on a sailboat, so there's that little piece of information. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I have a funny story. Um, Just yeah. before the shutdown, uh-huh. I went with two guide colleagues, they're also ski guides, to okay. Italy, to the Dolomites, because... Oh, yeah. Driving from Austria to the Dolomites is a two-hour drive, so it's kind of easy. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and we were like, okay, we're going to send it for four days. And we were like skiing the nice. steepest couloirs where you had to use ropes and, and harness to actually get over ice ice fall and uh-huh. very adventurous. And I, wow. I was like, this is it. I love it. That's amazing. Um, do you have pic- Do you have pictures of the technical stuff on your Instagram? Yes, I do. 
Okay, I was thinking, as you were saying this, I was like, I feel like there's some pictures. And I remember seeing them and I was like, whoa, like what is happening here? That's amazing. How did you get into that type of skiing? Mm, like it's sort of like an education process, right? You become the first level of ski instructing, then the second one, then the third, then you're fully certified as a yeah. ski instructor. Uh-huh. And then you have the opportunity to become a ski guide. And as a ski guide, you need to be an alpinist. Like I'm okay. sort of like a mountain guide in the winter. Yeah, it's like a mountain. You're like a mountaineer on skis. Exactly. So exactly, that's the right education, like um, wording. Let's say it's sort of mountaineering on skis, and um, especially when you do more alpinism stuff and being on glacier, like on uh, yeah. where crevasses can happen or yeah. rocks or ice falls, you need yeah. to know how to get rid or over it in order to keep skiing. Right. And it's very awesome. advanced. Um, I honestly, I have been to the highest mountain in Tyrol. It's like a province of Austria with clients. Okay. So there's like ski touring and crevasses and you have to use harness and then on top you have to climb. Oh, wow. Um, but that's it, basically. I'm not going to get more um, extreme with clients. I, by myself, I try to do more extreme stuff in order to grow as a personality to become better. Yeah. But that's why I went to the Dolomites with two friends of mine, because we were just sure. like, we wanted to really focus on our improvements and, and yeah. we want to get better in our technical use. Sure. So and you kind of to- don't want to be responsible for somebody else exactly. as a guide in that way. That makes sense. Yeah, I I noticed that about you and just like looking at your website and stuff before we started talking, I was like, this, this is a driven gal. Like she, she likes that extreme level of sporting. She's not like, oh yeah, let's, I'm sure there are those days, right? Where it's like, yeah, let's just go take a, a, let's take a run down the slopes, you know, let's just hit the powder, take it chill, chill, take it easy. Um, But you're not like satisfied with just staying at like that minimal level. You want that extreme adventure. You want that extreme sport. Where do you think that that drive comes from because I, I don't think that you're alone in that and and not definitely not alone in just you know girls in general that are into their different adventure sports where do you think that comes from for you and what do you get out of that when you challenge that part of yourself well for me I I, I have a responsibility in terms of um, my clients or for example I would have had um, 13th of March I would have had a ladies basic free ride camp where oh, okay. I invited people, like girls, who wanted to become a, or experience the off-piste skiing. Okay. And so I would have been, ta- like, I take the lowest levels as well, so it doesn't really matter. For me, it's fun. But in yeah. order to provide them the best value and the best service, I mm-hmm. have to become better. Because if I would just stay on my stage and not improve myself, yeah. how can I be the ones they want to ski with? Because I have to tell them, I have to know what could happen. I I have to be very, how do you, educated. Yes. Very, um, skilled. Like, sorry, skilled, exactly, thanks. Yeah. And that's my drive in general. Like, yeah. I'm not a person who would like to publish something where what I can't stand for. I'm... Mm-hmm. Like if I would say I'm a dive pro and I would tell everybody about my skills on diving, I wouldn't yeah. say, like, that's, that's bullshit. Like I'm, okay, I'm a beginner of diving, you know, I've been diving, yeah. but I'm not a coach. I'm not a certified person who can do that. And that's, right. that's for me very important 
because it's a proof I like that. you're certified to something and then yeah. you have to improve yourself all the time always in order to provide the best value for your clients when you I do like it that. in a commercial way right and uh that's in general me I would say I'm not happy yeah. with my stage I always want to grow and yeah. ski guiding or mountaineering it's a very male job business like there are a lot of mm-hmm. male people and less women and so yeah. it's even harder because you have to um you have to show way more skills than the guys in order to be approved right and that's yeah it's like you have to prove yourself almost twice as much because you're overcoming the hurdle that you're the female in the group and the rest are men interesting um how does that feel just on a personal level for you being that girl in the group um sometimes I feel challenged by it right and I'm like I'm gonna show and I'm not gonna you know like I'm not gonna sit back and be like oh I'm the girl and then sometimes you I have those days where I'm like oh I just wish that was like a group of girls today Mm. instead of the group of guys how how does that feel for you Mm. I like I'm a I'm a driven per, uh, feminist because I don't I don't like emancipation that much. I like more the equality. Yeah. So that's what I like or what I aim for. Yeah. But um, I find it kind of I find it really motivating to be honest. Yeah. Because it just put it it just gives me another hit. Hey, wake up, keep going. Mm-hmm. Don't be silly or lazy. Sorry, lazy. Yeah. And um, that sort of. But sure, it, it's tough. It's a tough business. It's like um, you you can't really show any failures or you can't do like basically in that kind of business, you can't make any failure because yeah. failure means, OK, an avalanche is coming. Maybe someone is dying. Right. Falling Someone's down, life. Right. Exactly. Which is kind of I, I get what you're saying. So it, it, it reminds you and it keeps you on that edge. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have a double reminder. You have this field in which you have to constantly prove yourself. But at the same time, to be realistic, the field that you're in, you have to be proving yourself because you are responsible for people in their lives. So it kind of keeps you on your toes. I like that perspective. I like that. That's sort of, um, that's my attitude. Yeah, uh, I like that. You're a very positive person. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah, you really take it and look at, okay, how does this work for me? I think mm. that's awesome. Um, yeah, of course. And it sounds like from our conversation before the podcast started, Skiing isn't the only adventure sport that you do. What all What all do you do? <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. Um, ski. I grew up with skiing, and sure, I'm yeah. probably very skilled in it. But how old were you when you first skied that you can remember? If you don't mind me interrupting. When I skied the first time ever mm-hmm. in my entire life, mm-hmm. I was two. Oh wow! <laughs> walking around, I still remember that. <laughs> yeah, in the in the the, the boots and the skis yeah, and trying to move. Yeah, yeah exactly. Being <laughs> oh cool, my gosh, you know? that's so cute. Right, right. Like trying to be cool, but like, oh my god, I just started exactly. to walk. Now I have skis on. <laughs> really oh, that's cool. So cool. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's actually um, my parents. They used to be ski racers, so they are very oh, okay. much into ski racing, and uh, that's how I grew up. Also, so yeah, they weren't really much into free riding or alpinism or mountaineering. Okay. I just got an understanding, okay, I did all the certifications, but I don't want to stop in the middle. I want to become fully certified. I want to run my own ski school. I want to do what I want, rather yeah. than just following someone. I'm a, I'm an alpha animal, let's call it, because yeah. I don't like I to like it. really follow, somebody follow else's plan. all the time. 
Yeah. And I like the interactions. I like to work together. Yeah. And and push each other, but I don't like just one is pushing all the time. And and that's um yeah that's how it started. But then through skiing, I I played tennis. I played tennis on a high competitive okay. level. I did. I had to cycle. I had to do mountain biking because as a training for skiing in the summer. Oh summer. okay okay. Yeah, because you've got to keep did. yourself going. But exactly. You can't, you can't ski. Okay. And then I also did a two years ago. I did a half marathon, and then I did last year. I did an ultra marathon. Wow! So, I don't know. I just thought, let's do it. She's Order. got it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I just that's awesome. I was like, when I was living in Stockholm, the only opportunity I had after my school or work, I had to go uh-huh. for a run and. Yeah, it's beautiful running there, and that's why I thought, okay, let's do a half marathon, and I just did it, and then I thought, okay, let's do an ultra marathon because it keeps me fit. Yeah, I for sure. Feeling because then I really know I'm fit, and yeah, uh, that's also when I do a lot of um, ski touring. They can be thirty thousand meters vertical up, and then have like a long skiing down. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. I like crossing the alps with skis it's amazing experience really amazing experience tell us more yeah. about that what is that like it's like basically you started from one point uh-huh right in the middle of the alps and let's say on a southwest point of austria where the alps sort of end from austria okay. and then walk over five six seven days over the mountains uh-huh. and then somewhere else and in between there's some huts and you can stay there awesome it's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And just, I bet just like, <clears throat> excuse me, just incredible views it's for insane. days. Yeah. Um, originally being from Colorado, I climbed the highest uh, 14er in Colorado, Mount Elbert. And Ooh. one of the coolest things I remember it was when being up at the top and I climbed Pikes Peak and some other ones too. But when you're at the top, it feels like you're at the rooftop of the world. Yeah. You know, because you can just mm-hmm. see the peaks like for days around you and there's nothing like between you and the sky. And I can only imagine how much more exaggerated that feeling would be in the Alps, for heaven's sake. I think it's <clears throat> like it's an, an amazing experience everywhere you are. Yeah, I, I have to say it, it's unique, right? Yeah, like everywhere. you're going to have that experience. Yeah, yeah. I, awesome. I have a funny story for that because I yeah. climbed the I highest peak. <laughs> I climbed the highest peak in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. It's sort of next to the Matterhorn. You have to do four spits. And... I've been at the Matterhorn before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you have to <laughs> so I'm like picture. I'm picturing it in my mind. That's cool. Yeah. Dufour is like a little higher than the Matterhorn. That's why it's the highest mountain. Okay. And okay. it's on the border to Italy. And okay. for me, that was, I would say, the most in, interesting experience ever because it was the end of the Alps. Sort of you were standing on a top and it was going straight down and you could really see that half moon. You could see the sea uh-huh. out on Italy and uh-huh. you could really follow the entire mountain range where the Alps were ending. Literally, That's really. so weird. Like on one side, you saw flat and, and, and sea and then you could see the half it's like a half moon i was at uh-huh. the very end of the alps and could uh-huh. follow the entire half moon towards austria wow that's I trippy because this, when you think this, of mountains you don't think of the end of the mountains right mm-hmm. you think of the mountain itself but to see this big huge impressive 
mountain. I mean, there's no other word for it, right? <laughs> and then that ending like that, that has to be trippy. Really. That's crazy. Special. Yeah. It's really. I still remember everything. And I was like, yeah, I, I find it very special, very like interesting how it can be. Mm-hmm. Very, I love those moments. Yeah, that just stand out like that, mm-hmm. and you're it's, it's so unique. Like you said earlier, each place has its own thing that it brings, and some of them though can be a little sometimes a little more impressive than others. And by impressive, I mean the way they they hit you mm-hmm. right, and you're like, whoa, haven't seen something like that before. That's such a cool memory. I love that. When was that, Nina? Mm, it might be three years ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I'd like to kind of backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. to what you mentioned earlier. You said, you know, you were on the track to become a professional skier mm-hmm. and you had a, a bad injury. Can you share a little bit about that? Um, maybe what the injury was, how it happened. Um, but then the part I'm really interested in is not only did you come back from that injury, but I feel like you came back as some, it was almost like a Phoenix, right? You came back as something wholly different, mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe more genuine and true to what you want and who you are. And it's taken on a whole life of its own. Like your skiing didn't end, you know, your professional, you know, a professional skier career might've ended, but skiing didn't end for you. Can you kind of share about that? Like maybe struggle mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's not, you're such a positive person. I feel like you're going to be like, no, it wasn't a struggle. It was informative. <laughs> Um, but but how you came to those things right Mm -hmm. um and yeah yeah if you'll just share about that whatever that is for you Mm, actually you you have a really good person understanding um so I my goal was to become a world cup racer and become olympia olympic medal winner and then you're gonna take Lindsay Vaughn out right exactly (laughs) I like it. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of like, maybe it wasn't me, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I, I, um, I was growing up in that scenery. So it was sort of normal to be, have those goals, right? Yeah. And then I had that injury. And it was, it was for sure tough because you were like, I was turning 16 in the hospital. I was supposed to lose my oh, leg, wow. left leg. And I still can't feel oh, anything. Oh, wow. You still don't so, have any feeling in your left leg. No, lower wow. leg is, I don't feel anything. Wow. And, and so at 16, that's a really scary experience. That's very young. Yeah, very young, very young. And it was just like on, on. it would have been a most important time to be fit because it. if you yeah. get approved to the Austrian ski team, it's easier to get the right races to become, like to get those steps up. Yeah. And so for me, it was kind of like very um, tough that timing because 15 16 years old you don't really know what it means right to, yeah to, no. to almost lose a leg no walking I couldn't walk for I, I was lying in a hospital for seven days just flat Oof. I couldn't stand up or anything wow and then I had seven surgeries because it wasn't sure and clear if I can keep my leg and then um yeah I, I sort of was crying every night at the beginning yeah like, why and you know like you don't really understand that you're overwhelmed of all what happened yeah a lot of emotions to process yeah a lot of it's a huge it's an entire long process but it takes that time like I'm I really have to say thank you to my dad because he 
from the beginning, I mean, I got all those supportive, you know, physiotherapists and extra. Yeah. He, he invested all the money he had to make me half feel and fit again. That's but awesome. It's more the mental process. It's way more yeah. and longer and intense than, yeah, making your leg sort of fit again. Sure. You see it. You see, okay, the leg is improving, but you don't see the mental improvements. And right. he is a person who always has been passive, and he's sort of like, I got mental coaching, and I like, yeah, I at the end I understood it. Okay, it's something passive mm-hmm. because through all that bad experience, I took the most positive thing out of it because I learned so much about real life. And right. If you're such a young girl, you get everything. Like you're a professional athlete, you don't care about money. Basically, there is no. Right. You're used to go. Okay, we go to Italy. We go to United States. We go summer coaching in New Zealand. Right. We don't talk about money issues here. Okay, so it's a very right. high pace uh, environment mm-hmm. with a lot of pressure for sure. Uh huh. But it's not a pressure in terms of other people. Like maybe they they. The kids can't go skiing with school classes because they don't have much money. You know, right. we've never talked about that. We had other issues. We were grown up as go- as kids very early because we had sports, professional right. sports in the background, which yeah. forced us to be really focused. Right, and right. So that sort of gave me an understanding, okay, how life also could look like. And so yeah. my goal was, I, I immediately understood, okay, I want to become better in skiing than I was before. And that okay. was my goal. It okay. didn't really matter racing or winning events, tournaments or races. Yeah. It was just, I wanted to be able to ski better than I did before. And because So it became it was, very personal. Yeah. It was always more, I wanted to ski good for me, rather than being the fastest. For me, that never counted really. Yeah. Which is tough because in professional sports, it's all about time. Right. And, and you, if you're slow, you as a person, you're bad. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard paced, very straight focused. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, not, and, I wouldn't say it's, it's good, but yeah, it's very well, tough. What a thing to be able to learn and recognize about yourself at such a young age, right? Like you said, like being a professional skier, the number one thing that you are judged on and you're either good or bad is on your speed, right? But for you to be able at 16 to say, that's not what matters to me. That's a huge moment of growth, right? Because you're saying, I'm disregarding your, not just your, but this whole system, right? This whole um, environment that you'd grown up in, right? With your parents and skiing since you were two, right? And you were saying, that's not what defines who I am. And that's not what I want. This is what I want. And I mean, there are people that go through their whole life and sometimes don't, aren't able to find what that is for themselves Mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Um, so that, that's incredible. And so then when you decided this, um, where, where did that all start going and changing and developing for you? Mm. I learned to walk again, but basically my core always, uh, it started low and there were years, years of bullshit. It meant further down, I would say, because mm-hmm. I learned how to walk. I went to a boarding school. So lots of people thought, okay, I'm just pre- pretending that I'm having something. 
Oh, They're wow. Very mental. Yeah. It, it's a lot of mental pressure I had. Then uh-huh. I had to graduate, which meant I had to ski for graduation to in order to provide. Yeah, it's like a special boarding school for skiers. And a part oh, okay. was the skiing part. So I had to race again. I had to wow. race with not being fit. So wow. I had to race in Italy. I actually won one race. Uh-huh. Um, but still, I had to race without being fit. I had, I was scared. I hated it. I didn't want to because I knew when I'm failing, all mm-hmm. the other girls, they were pointing at me. And yeah. I, that was my mindset at the beginning of the race already. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. crazy, right? If you think about that, what a mental pressure for, in fact, not needed at that time of wow. stage, right? Yeah, but right. I just thought, okay, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to become, I went into a facilitation where I was working as a ski coach and also okay. had the opportunity to be ski, learn how to ski again, because I, okay. for a year I had to learn how to walk and afterwards I had to learn okay. how to ski again. So wow. it's a lot about pressure, you know, and like uh-huh. mental strength and self-confidence. Right. I lost self-confidence. I had literally no yeah. self-confidence. And yeah. So I had to build up all of this. And then mm-hmm. um, through that, I went, came into this guiding and co- uh, ski instructing. And then that was sort of the process. But what I really understood is that I'm basically not listening about others. That was like, I just took the yeah. positive things out of me. Yeah. And all the negative shit, which was pointing out of me towards me, yeah. I was mentally that strong that I could just blow it. Like, how do you call it? Like, keep it out of my own way. Right, I right, like let block them it. In. Yeah, I didn't yeah. let them in. I still don't let it in. I'm That's like, awesome. I don't care really because sure, yeah. lots of people, it's all the time pointing against you, right? They're always right. sneaking in something. Whereas I, I see the positive thing out of it. I'm right. very satisfied in that case and thankful. Yeah. And that's why I'm very thankful for that it happened like this. Sure, mm-hmm. it, it taught you a lot. But it, it happened like it happened, and I accept that. And I'm very, yeah, at the end, I'm very thankful that it went like it went. Yeah, it seems like you took what could have, what was and could have been a much worse situation and got out of it what you needed from it mm-hmm. and to grow from it, et cetera. And speaking of, like, the pressure and everything you're talking about and other people's opinions, I believe you also do ski modeling, right? Mm-hmm. Is that true? Um, and so I would imagine that that's also another area, right, where there's a lot of, I mean, modeling in general, right? There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of opinions, right? Um, a lot of pressure for certain body type, right? Certain weight, et cetera. Um, and, but yet it seems, again, you love it, right? Yeah, I, I accidentally became a model, to be honest. I was like, okay. um, they were looking for a skier, and uh-huh. that's how it turned into. And then the agency called me, okay, we need you um, as a model. So I became a model, and Very cool. it's the same. I went to castings, and I just experienced similar judgments, like in alpine ski racing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I know that business already. I don't care. <laughs> You've like, been there, care. done that. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm like, all right, it's actually it, it teaches me again this is life it happens everywhere it, it happens yeah. in different industries it's not just sports yeah. maybe it's extreme or, or more obvious in sports whereas in other industries but yeah. 
in modeling it's the same and um modeling is a tough business it's hard mm -hmm. it, i got i really i was thankful because i got quite a really good jobs mm -hmm. past years and yeah i love it but i also see it in a realistic way it's not sure. my dream dream business you know like i just right. can be a model and nothing else right so i take it and i love it and i enjoy it but it's, right it's not I have to do for years right. or forever. Right. I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier where you said like, oh, I can't say like, oh, I'm a, a professional diver, right? Because you're like, it's something I do and it's something I do enjoy, but it's not the level, right? And it's not something you do all the time, like with skiing and ski guiding, et cetera. And I love too that you're like, you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah, it's modeling, but it's not everything, right? Some people look at uh, the modeling lifestyle kind of like being an actor or something like that right and it's like oh, oh my gosh it's this thing but you're so casual about it and you're so like yeah it's modeling but you know it's not the only thing in life no. I think that's so cool um and I think it's also because it, it ties right in like with your main driving what I see as your main driving passion which is skiing and you know it ties in with that um what has been if you can talk about it I don't know like what the ramifications or anything are but what has been like one of your favorite models modeling shoots and maybe your favorite like ski outfit that either you've put together or that you've modeled in um what would be your your favorites of those so my I would say I had like I only had amazing experiences within modeling yeah at the beginning of the years it was kind of like very excitement because oh it's so cool I got these and these yeah. jobs yeah. And now, now Probably it's feels more, so posh, right? Exactly. <laughs> and now I'm more like I like it on the side because it's just something something different happening yeah. now and then. And um, my best and most successful job, I would say, was for a TV campaign for Mercedes Benz in oh. Slovenia. It was really okay. huge. It's like yeah. a global campaign. Sure. And that I really liked, and I also liked. I traveled to Seoul, Korea, for a GoPro. Oh, oh that wow, was really cool. that's cool. And then, um, yeah, and then I had like some amazing heli skiing opportunities where. Oh wow. Yeah, where I traveled to, like sitting in a heli and just, oh, I want to ski down here. Yes, let's do it. So you're literally just flying in the heli, and then go. Oh, that looks like a place that could be a good run, and they drop you off. And I, it happened to in many countries, actually. I did it in America. I did it in Switzerland. I did it in New Zealand. Yeah. That's I'm amazing. very thankful for this. Yeah, like this. Yeah. I, I love the skiing shots are the most fun because it's so much adventure, right? Yeah. But there were a lot of different ones. Like I went for a very luxurious brand for some... Um, modeling i did a tv campaign there as well for like a watch brand oh, okay and magazine and then i did also what else did i do mm, i did a lot of for adidas like a lot of running and okay yeah different stuff so That's commercial cool. stuff and uh -huh. i also experienced a fashion show oh wow um, okay but honestly it's not my type i don't sure. like this it's I, I could boring. see that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I'm more the I like the adventure. The action. Yes, oh, yeah. I like that. That's super yeah, cool. Like good experience person. to say you've been there, you've done that, right? 
Um, and you're also like, yeah, no, not my thing. And yeah, like you said, you, that growth as a person, um, when you mentioned the heli skiing, I've watched heli skiing like on YouTube and stuff since I was a kid. And I've always thought like that to me is like the most badass level of skiing, like forget the ski racing, forget the medals. Like to me to be dropped off by a heli on some place where you're just like, okay, that looks like a great run. That is the most badass thing ever. And I always loved it when I'd find a video of a, a girl doing heli skiing. And there was a part of me that was like, I think I want to get good enough one day to be able yeah, to do should. that. I think I will. You know, yeah, you have to do this guiding thing. And send it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cor- after after cool. this Corona time is over, girl, we're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to send it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, like skiing in the Alps has always been, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate, right? So... Okay, I'm it getting is. too excited. <laughs> so of all these places you've skied and all this adventure you've had, where is your favorite place to ski? And what has been your favorite run? I would say that's the most question I've ever got asked. Yeah, I'm sure. And I have to answer the same way again. Because yeah. it didn't change since I got first asked that not that long ago, maybe two years. And... um. <laughs> I really love home. I, the only ski resort or area which is really missing, what I'm missing out and really have on my bucket list on top, top notch uh-huh. is Alaska. That's okay. where I want to go. And that's yes. my notch. That's, uh, that's the only area I haven't been skiing. I was wondering if you'd gone there. Okay. Mm, I really want to go, but um, I was actually supposed to go now. Oh, right. Mm. That's but, crazy. Yeah, Where it. in Alaska right. would you, uh, were you going? Hades. Okay, like, going? It's a okay. large and use Hades Key, basically. Oh, very cool. Do you know what area of Alaska it's in? Um, hey, like, how do you say when that's Canada? Okay. It's more up north. It's not very south, uh, west. It's more northeast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Alaska for a summer two oh, years cool. ago. Where about? Yeah, um, I lived in Anchorage, um, oh, but cool. went all over the state out of there. Um, it was it was you know summertime, got to experience you know the the never setting sun, which was bizarre. Like people are out cutting mm-hmm. their grass at eleven thirty at night, and you can hear people practicing like their drums in their garage like at two in the morning. But I don't blame them because it's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very exactly. confined, you know. Um, and you like have to use like blackout curtains and like a mask, you know, to be able to sleep at night. Um, but no, Alaska is gorgeous. Mm. Um, haven't had a chance to ski there yet, but saw like the salmon run at the end of summer and, um, the water there. I want to, now that I, uh, just got my diving certification, I'd love to go back and do some diving there as well. So that would be super cool. I love that home is your favorite place to ski. Yes. That's super um, cool. The Arlberg, it's like St. Anton of Arlberg, Lechem Arlberg. It's like a region, an entire region of, it's between the provinces Tirol and Vorarlberg, and you have St. Anton as, as a resort, and in total, six resort and resorts wow. on that range. Okay. There, it's all connected, and uh, that's where I'm guiding. That's where I just find it hope it's best, because I can tell you why. Because... I don't get tired by the scenery. 
especially like now we have uh, now it's time 20 past five in Austria. Okay. Exactly now when you're still last run of the day and you stand on top of the mountain and you it's like on the top of the mountains you have like these amazing shadow sun planes. Yeah. It, it looks like a crazy pattern and you're like what is this? Like you can't stop watching it. Right, and, and it changes this, and it shifts. And these special colors, and that makes it very special. That's awesome. I can but tell I just by you talking about everything. it. I love every ski resort. I, I believe been, that. Uh, but yeah, home is home. That's awesome. That's super cool. I I've, I was wondering if that was going to be your response, just because, like I said, you're such a positive person. I feel like you're also so genuine and so open and you seem very connected to your roots and where you started from. And um, one thing I usually like to ask people on this podcast is like, how did you start, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, right? Like somebody like grew up in like the Midwest of the States, but they're a diver now, you know, but with you, I was like, you don't even have to ask that question. It's obvious where it came from. <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Like it's, I always thought I have to go, I have to explore the world and I yeah. have done that. But still, I always kept being connected to home. That's very so cool. Interesting. Very yeah. yeah. And coming back. Sometimes I feel like being um, away can connect you more yeah. to home, right? You get to see it in different ex- uh, perspective and a different light. And um, and like I think a theme like through your story that you shared today has been um, discovering what is true for you, right? Exactly. And sampling all these things, but then coming back and saying, okay, but what really speaks to me? And home has just come through that for you, which I think is amazing. Um, and, it's, and speaking of like speaking to somebody on an, uh, an interview of yours that I found, there was, um, I don't remember what the question was, but I remember your response to the question was something along the lines of one thing that you love about teaching is what you learn about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. In guiding others and teaching other skiing, you learn more about yourself. What are some of those things that you have learned about yourself or maybe a very memorable thing that stands out to you or a moment? What, what is that like? Mm, definitely patience. Okay. For because, sure. Um, at the beginning as a guide, I always thought, or even me, I always thought, okay, I have to see everything. I have to go and see the entire world within, let's say two days. And <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> it actually went like this. I, I had my injury and then I graduated high school at 19 and then I had my bachelor at 21 and I was fully certified as a ski guide at 22. And I graduated wow. from university at, yeah, 21, 19, no, 22 university and 22, 23, um, um, I have been a fully certified guide. Okay. So, it was fast. No stopping. I, yeah, just no, go, go, go. Exactly. And but that's not what my clients or my guests or people who want to ski with me want. Yeah. It's yeah. more about experience, about the adventure. Yeah. And that's what I would say is my um USP. Uh, it's really the patience. Yeah. And really um being authentic but also adaptive to what my what what you would like to have. Sure. Rather than just showing them what my skills, not right. about skills, not about high pace. It's more about adapting what um, you as a client or as a guest or as a friend on that day what would like to get. 
Right. And that's what I'm would I would say is my USP. You, and when you say USP, what does that mean? My unique selling point. Got it. I like it. I was like, she's using some lingo here that I'm not sure about. <laughs> I oh. like it. I'm going to have to write. <laughs> I did use that one earlier. I'm going to borrow USP though. I'm going to start using that now. <laughs> exactly. Use it. It's cool. It's like a marketing language. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know you have a marketing background, the, the digital background. So I was like, I bet you this is some marketing thing I don't know about. <laughs> That's cool. That's so awesome. every day should, we, we should learn every day something new. So I really yes. learned a lot today and Same yes, here. I could give you back. <laughs> I like it. I will take it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> Hero See, moment. It's growing. <laughs> <laughs> little by little, our, our brain muscles, right? <laughs> I like it. Well done. I, I won't show mine. I'll keep mine down here now. That's cool. Uh, and um, I know you said earlier you know, that you're a feminist and you're about equality, right? Not the emancipation, but the equality. And in skiing, especially those higher levels of skiing, you said, you know, it's very male dominant. What would you want, right? And this is grand. This isn't necessarily thinking about like the other person, but what would you want what message would you want to give to women and girls that are either in skiing or just in sport in general, right? Um, in light of that situation, right? Where there can be the intimidation or there can just be the unknown, right? Sometimes I know for me as a girl, sometimes it was like, Oh, I didn't really think of doing that because maybe I didn't see another girl doing it. Or you get advice from a guy, which not, not against the guys. Like I have a lot of guy friends, they're mm-hmm. super supportive. You know, my boyfriend is very supportive of, you know, my sports and everything. Um, but sometimes you get advice from them and because they're, they're just different physiology. Right. And you take it and you're kind of like, okay, well that doesn't work for me. Right. So you're like, where's a girl, where's a girl that can help me with this. Right. Um, what would you want to say to them? So very funny actually, because, um, I had it, I had a chat this morning with a bunch of girls and they were looked like, was more of an entrepreneurial mindset, supporting women, women. Mm-hmm. And for me in general, like I followed a quote, the direction is the goal. So like mm. I'm not having the final goal, like, I don't know. Yeah, make it's not go it. left, go right. Exactly. It's more it's like due. go your way, go your direction, go go where you want to go and yeah it will come with patience and satisfaction and just hard work yeah. but like i i think like it doesn't really matter if it's female or man i'm not sure. I'm, i totally agree on your point of view i have a lot of male friends and i think that's very important and that's what i yeah. also appreciate because what i you know, I think they push me more than sometimes mm-hmm. ladies. I have a few women. It's very, I can, they push me. Yeah. But on the other hand side, I have the feeling that I give, like th- today, actually, this morning, I'm a very, like, I, I push them. I can, I give them advice. I t- let's do it. And like really help them, mm-hmm. give them ideas and ask yeah. if I should help them. Whereas I sometimes miss that I, have the feeling okay they could help me yeah it it sounds maybe harsh but I'm very um male oriented like I I see more like you said earlier you're very alpha personality yeah I get more from 
I don't know, from a male version, because I maybe, I don't know, maybe I just have closer friends there, male or... Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes, like you said, I think women can be more collaborative and men tend to kind of be more competitive and you have that competitive drive, right? Yeah. So that it's that pushing one another and that that challenging rather than being comfortable with where you're at, like we you can push each other. And so, again, you're mm-hmm. so positive. So you take from those different relationships yes. what the, what they give you. If I, I like in Stockholm, I experienced a lot that I give a lot of energy. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, I needed to leave or focus on myself because it was yeah. too much they collected from me, whereas I didn't get. And yeah. that's sort of, I'm happy to give, but I am i don't expect to get something back. And I'm not sure, sure if that's the right way. Um, so that's why I, for me, I'm happy to give and help. Yeah. But for me, in order to get help, I'm looking for another, let's say, another bubble where I can find it. Sure. And it, it's so true. Like, it's like we have different areas in our life that bring and expect different things of us, right? And you seem like a person that needs that variety, that that difference, right? You don't want to be in one environment all the time where either you're just taking or you're just giving or you're just skiing or you're just modeling, right? It's kind of like this synergistic blend for you. And so and I think that's really important to remember, like, because I think sometimes we can get so caught up in like something being good or something being bad. And you're kind of saying like, it's neither good nor bad. It's just different. Right. Exactly. And it's, it depends on what you need. And sometimes what you need depends on the moment or the day. Right. Um, not necessarily your life and who you are and your trajectory as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that's cool. I think that's a really good, it's a really good way and a healthy way of looking at it. I hope so. Yeah, I'm actually, the, <laughs> I'm satisfied. I'm on my point. Um, yeah. Sure there are always more positive days and a little bit of hangouts, but in fact, yeah. That's it, yeah, I, I see it realistic. I, mm-hmm. I don't make any fake, I, I don't like being fake. I'm realistic, okay, this is what I can achieve and yeah. this is what I can give and not more. Right. And I'm also not, not worried to say no or to accept the failure or to be sure. open towards a failure. And that's sure. something what I miss also within the women. I like, they're worried about, okay, I'm, I'm not very good in this or anything. Just tell it and say it and just throw it just out. Do and, it. Yeah. Others will be much better in this field and then collaboration can exist. And then, uh, yeah. Start and right. Even and I think, right. For sure. And I think with the more, the more women that we do have in these different sports in these different areas like yourself, it can open up that comfortability and women realize like, okay, it's okay for me. I mean, I'm not good. Right. Rather than that constant pressure, like you mentioned earlier about you can't mess up. Right. Otherwise you're judged 10 times worse. Right. But if we can get to the point where, and I don't know what that point is. I don't know what it looks like. Right. But where you say, you know what, if, if I'm going to get better, I have to fail. Right. And if I'm going to get better, I also have to be OK with failing. Totally agree. Like, that's key. That's you can't become better if you don't fit. Right. Exactly. Maybe we should start pointing out the guy's failures more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's messed up. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> like, hey, whatever. You Was think. this how you boys do it? <laughs> uh, well, we're kind of getting to the end of our conversation here, which mm-hmm. I'm so bummed about. Um, but I wanted to 
ask you to leave a word of advice for our listeners, um, be they women, girls, guys listening in, which we love our guys listening in. Um, what's one piece of advice that you would like to leave them in with the mindset of pursuing your adventure or extreme sports, right? What piece of advice would you give them? Give it a try. Just do it. Just simply do it. Like, it's so easy to get used to daily routine and being too lazy to do something. Just the first step. It's like this little punch in your ass. Yeah. Just get out and try it out. A punch um, in your ass. Nina's yeah. here to give you a punch in your ass. <laughs> exactly. Just imagine, you know, I'm like. Yeah. Yes, Nina's there punching you guys. You feel it? <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. Get out of your right. bed. Right, right. Get yeah. off your couch. Get out of your bed. Yeah. No, no I like that. No couch surfing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, bummer. No. <laughs> Does it no, count if actually, I put my surfboard on it and stand? Exactly. <laughs> no, that's mm. awesome. Because that's how everything started with me. Like, yeah. I, I just tried it. I just traveled to Japan. I just kept doing it. I wanted to study in Canada. I had no clue about it. Yeah. But I just did it. And the first start is the toughest and the most difficult one. And um, But as soon as you're done, there is no stopping, I would say. And right. In every... It's also with your podcast. You just started. No <laughs> just started. Exactly. Just exactly. go for it. Like I, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. You are? Yeah. How? Don't know. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> That's cool. No, it's so true. Like you said, it's there's, and I love it too, because it's, it also relieves a lot of pressure, right? Because we think like, there's, oh, there's some secret formula, right? Some, some magical recipe, but it's like, really? It's so basic. Just do it. Yeah. I'm just do it. I'm. I'm not a structured person. I love intuition. I love just being flexible, spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Just do it. And if you're structured, plan on your list, do it. Right. Right. (laughs) Just go for it. No, I like that. It's so true. Write it on and just send it. Yeah, just send it. I was listening to um, a book on tape the other day. I think it's called Atomic Habits. And one of the Mm. big takeaways. Okay, it's super good. I love it. And one of the main things that stuck out in my mind from that book was say you're going to do it like verbally speak it and of course there was more structure to it right like be very specific say when you're going to do it etc but it was just this this driving force of saying like tomorrow morning as soon as I wake up I'm going to go for a run whatever that is right or I or even bigger things right um but that like and it kind of goes along with what you're saying right now of say it do it and keep doing it and keep exactly. saying it and keep speaking that. That's awesome. Because then you will, um, for me, my daily routine or part of my routine is doing sports almost every day, several yeah. hours. doesn't really matter if it's five hours or 10 hours or two hours. Yeah. I just do it because I need it. And yeah. it's just so much more healthier and you, you get more open to what's adventures you experience. And through experience, you just grow as a person. And right. And, and I think that's so important because it opens up your mindset and it's mental health and that's right. key for, for life. Right. Oh, that's perfect. I love it. It's like sport is life and doing is life, right? Yeah, it is. That's awesome. 
Well, Nina, I'm sure everybody has like completely fallen in love with you listening to this and wants to be able to follow <laughs> along on your journey more. So where can we find you online? Where, what are your social media handles and where else can we find you? Thank you so much for the invite. First of all, I really enjoyed yeah. talking with you. Um, I can't believe we're so close and you're in America and I'm in Austria. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I love the digital world. Yes, it's um, amazing. So, yeah, I'm a, sort of a digital addict. So you can find me on Instagram on Nina Gigelet. And actually, Gigelet in English means giggling. Okay, so you will never forget me. <laughs> I love it. All right, love it. giggling. I love it. That's um, awesome. You can find me there. You can actually book um, or just read my blog about Ski with Nina on skiwithnina.fun because okay. skiing is fun. So yes. never forget it, skiwithnina.fun. Okay. Um, I have lots of trips there and I also like write currently a lot of blogs, um, um, ski equipments, okay. like daily routine, okay. workouts. I do every Friday a workout on okay. uh, magazine called Belgrade and it's called like the mountains world in English okay and we do every Friday there workout and okay otherwise just shoot me an email or call me if you feel like I'm open-minded you're gonna find yeah. me otherwise awesome. ask Ash yes I will I will direct you because I'm gonna book a ski guiding trip with you in Austria and I'm coming to see you so awesome. I'll I'll be able to sh- I'll definitely report out on that after we do that <laughs> that's amazing I can't really wait you should yes. just come out. Just come. I know, right? <laughs> Tickets are cheap. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The price would be awesome. It's just you're, you, you go straight into quarantine. That's all right. you do. Exactly. <laughs> come here and enjoy the view, right? Just, just exactly. out there. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Thank well, you Nina, so much. It's been so awesome. Thank you. Um, talking with you has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad that we were able to finally get our schedules to work together. And I guess that's maybe one good thing that comes out of quarantine, right? We're kind of less, maybe less actively out there. So it works better. Um, exactly. Well, totally I focused. Yes, exactly. Right. Going back to that, that key point, just do exactly well we definitely look forward to um keeping up with all of your adventures and seeing everything you're doing and um who knows maybe we'll be back here again one day hopefully thank you so much thank Thank you you, nina bye (laughs) lots of love from california (laughs) yes send it every day (laughs) bye girl bye thank you so much thank you bye Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Awesome Girl Adventures. And if you or somebody you know is a badass girl doing incredible things in adventure sports and extreme sports of any kind and would like to be featured on our podcast, hit us up. Send us a DM on Instagram. <laughs>